Taste Bud Traveller, where we take you on tasty adventures around the world. I'm your host, Julia Zaita, editor of Better Homes and Gardens, and of course I have with me my travel tragic, Ben Alcock, who's joining me yet again to go around the world, eating, tasting, Ben. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Hey, where are we off to today? You know what? Surprisingly beautiful, fabulous, exciting Canada. Oh, lovely. Canada, eh? You? Where have you been? So I've done a little bit of Canada. Um, I did that kind of, you know, jaunt across the border to Niagara Falls a long time ago from the, I guess, the northeast of the US. Was it spellbinding, like everybody says? It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, actually. And it's funny, in my head, I kind of imagined it was sort of in the middle of nowhere, but it's not. It's almost in downtown. Um, it, so, yeah, super easy, easily accessible and beautiful and huge and all those things. It's quite remarkable. And but remember, Ben, we've spoken about moments. Was seeing Niagara Fall a moment? Yeah, it was a bit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things you kind of have to go and see and, you know, scratch it off your list and, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But I had I had just come from South America where I'd seen the Iguazu Falls right. and they really are sort of next level <laughs> falls, but uh, yeah, Niagara was lovely. Yeah. And beyond Niagara? Yeah, so over on the West Coast, um, I had a brief couple of days in, in Vancouver. It's a very beautiful city, isn't yeah, it, it really Vancouver? Is. It really is. Now, yeah. it's, on a, it's on waterways, isn't it? And you can go by ferry all over the place yeah. and enjoy it. And it's vibrant and exciting. Yeah, it looked very cosmopolitan, um, beautiful location. It has a bit of a, a kind of a Sydney vibe about it, apart from, you know, the fact that Rocky Mountains kind of roar up behind it with snow and ski fields and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, the waterways are magnificent and um, Vancouver Island just across the way with um, Victoria, the city of Victoria, the capital of British Columbia, is, is really, really beautiful. Now, and it's got a pace, Vancouver, too, hasn't it? I mean, we talk about New York a lot and all the American cities, but Vancouver has to be up there and I'm not sure that it's as hailed as much as those other cities and really deserves to be. Yeah, I think there's a really vibrant kind of food scene, art scene, that kind of thing. It felt very young to me, very, lots and lots of young people. And when I when I think about what I did and, you know, spent most of a day in Stanley Park, which to me is a bit like Central Park in New York, but on Sydney Harbour. Yep. So all the How local... Pe- yeah, it's beautiful. All the, you know, local people going about there, you know, playing frisbee football and kicking, you know, various, you know, footballs around and playing soccer and, you know, just lying and catching some sun. So it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful park, really big and, yeah, pretty spectacular location. My short visits to, to Canada, and I'm desperate to do more, um, were to go skiing in Silver Star, uh-huh. which is a gorgeous little place just north or north northeast of, of um, Vancouver. And you know, by their standards, it's not such a big ski resort, but it just in in relation to our Australian ski resorts, it just goes on forever right. yeah. and is too beautiful for words. And one of the most amazing things about Silver Star is that you have to paint your house in no less than three colours. Oh. So it's gorgeous and vibrant and there's greens and blues and yellows and just stunning against the background of the snow. Oh, wow. And the other thing about Silver Star is when you go and eat and there's tons of gorgeous little places that you can go and just munch your way through whatever the delightful uh, meals are on mm-hmm. the on the um, in the resort. Of course, everyone who serves you is pretty much an Australian. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. so you sort of do feel like you're in a fabulous part of Australia rather than a most gorgeous part of Canada. Well, a very popular place for Australians, Canada, and particularly yep. the ski, the ski season. So that's what you found. And have you skied anywhere else? 
Um, not not in Canada. Okay. But the, the most um, enthralling thing about Canada for me is I've, I've talked to a lot of Canadian um, tourism people. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to discuss the opportunities of travelling in Canada, it just goes on and is endless and wonderful. Yeah. And you can't wait to get there and do something with the grizzlies. Uh-huh. They can take you nearby. Or the resorts that are upriver and you're there with the bears and the whales and nothing else in beautiful winter alpine resorts. And then, of course, that Rocky Mountaineer train that I think everybody should go on. Now, have you been on that? No, I haven't. But that's another one of those experiences that's really on a list for me. And um, when I think of it, I think of – it reminds me a bit, I guess, of when we were talking about the um, Glacier Express in Switzerland. So it's one of those trains with the massive panoramic windows and going through those incredible landscapes. And, yeah, that's a real a real bucket list. And I, I love the idea of a train trip like that. And it's also a foodie's paradise, apparently, that Rocky Mountaineer train. Oh, yeah. That whilst you are just yes, <laughs> while you are ogling at what you're looking at through the roof of the train, you do have a mouthful of something absolutely <laughs> delicious and amazing, which you can then cheer people mm-hmm. with the fabulous wines that you get on the train as well. Yeah. So it's extraordinary. But you you do hear about all the other the other um, parts of Canada that are that are a little bit unsung mm-hmm. in relation to the ones that we know so well. Um, so what what have you heard of? So one thing I really really want to do, and it's it's about to happen actually, is the the Calgary Stampede. Ah, oh, so fantastic! Heard of the stampede. Yes. Have you been? Have you? No, but describe it a little bit because yeah, so it's... it's sort of a ten day festival of all things, I guess, country in in Canada. So imagine a kind of. Uh, massive agricultural fair with cowboys and cowgirls and music and incredible festival food. And the festival food's something that really gets me excited. So lots of fried things on sticks and random, you know, local kind of <laughs> things. with fried thing on a stick? Are you talking bananas, anything. toffee, get, apples, oh, anything. I don't care. hot dogs? It's on a stick, get it. I'm, I'm all over it. So, um, yeah, that kind of thing would be great. So imagine a week or ten days of... You know, putting your your plaid kind of cowboy shirt on and boots and and messing around with the locals would be pretty amazing. And so, what have you heard about the east coast of Canada beyond Niagara? Well, that's the I guess the Canadian, I mean the um, French Canadian part of the world. Um, so Where amazing they speak cities. French, of course, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Quebec uh, yes. in Quebec, the Quebecois. Um, I guess that's what Listen they're called. Listen to you pronouncing oh, it all so very yeah, well. Yeah, yes, absolutely. It's my high school French coming back. Um, but yeah, look, totally different. I imagine it feels like a absolutely a different country, much more kind of European than. So if we think of British Columbia, obviously it has a British heritage, but yeah, the East Coast much more French um, and continental European, I'd say. And then when you go across back towards the West Coast and Vancouver, um, you know, we often think of Canada as being the place to go in winter, hmm. um, but no, beautiful all seasons through, whichever part of Canada you choose to go to. And, of course, there's so many parts. Uh, and, and apparently the autumns are just spellbinding. Oh, can you imagine the autumns yes. with the maple oh. trees and leaves and all those incredible colours? And then be. summer and all the road trips and trekking and walking that you could do across Canada. I can't get away from the animals, I have to say, right. and bird life that exists over there. And it's really somewhere worth investigating. We don't know as much about Canada as we do about all of America, for example, and the and the most popular areas, which are pretty much Vancouver and the snowfields. Yeah. But I think a traveller's dream and the food that you can get there is just extraordinary. So it's fresh what, and wonderful. When you think of Canadian food, what, what comes oh, to mind? Oh, you know what I think? I think of it as a little bit sort of um, – I, th- I think of a lot of healthy, fabulous, <laughs> fairly traditional, good, fresh – 
amazing meals. So the opposite of the Calgary Stampede kind of. Uh, uh, the opposite fair. of the Calgary Stampede, <laughs> and and uh, just just a little sort of one step upish from maybe what we know to be the the main fair of America, mm. and of course, let's not forget, please. Maple syrup mm-hmm. and everything that they do with that absolutely yeah. delightful ingredient. So I sort of think of obviously maple syrup, but salmon as well. Amazing, yes. I guess Atlantic salmon um, and bacon. <laughs> That's bacon. Kind of Where does the mind. bacon come from? I don't know. Maybe maple bacon's a thing, and that sounds pretty delicious to me. But what about um, poutine? Have you heard of? No, tell poutine? me about poutine. So poutine, I think, is the national dish, and it's I get look in its simplest kind of format it's probably just chips and gravy (laughs) but it's like loaded french fries so a massive kind of pile of fries covered in pretty much anything you like so i think there's you know sort of endless varieties of poutine in in canada you know great ski field fare i would say so this is sounding like you're the arch healthy eater is that correct then ben well you know masses of french fries covered in a big sauce then do you just Take a spoonful of maple syrup after it, just on its own. Absolutely, or maybe a butter tart, which which I understand (laughs) is like the the kind of iconic Canadian sweet, which is I I think a bit like a pecan pie without the pecans. So it's keep going. Butter and sugar and delicious. Yeah, and eggs. Off you go. Off you go. Some more. (laughs) Um, In terms of food, yes. um, Well, that that's sort of that's all I really think of when I think of what's kind of iconically Canadian. but, oh, drinks. So we're, what are we drinking when we're over there? I bet you, and we're going to find that out, that there are some amazingly wonderful Canadian wines yep. and Canadian specialties. We don't think of wine much when we no, think of we Canada. No, we don't, because that's we're... the thing about Canada. And I'm, I'm urging everyone who's listening to us to actually investigate it for one of your next trips because it just sounds like it's heaven. And I don't know that you would be let down by any of it, to be perfectly honest. No. Especially French fries with maple syrup. Is that what you're eating? Why not? The salty and sweet goodness? That <laughs> yes. would be That would definitely work, I'd yes. say. Yeah. Well, it's on my uh, list of travel places to go, certainly before I've, I'm done and travelling in heaven. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, and I think those areas beyond what we do know. So, yeah, we know a bit about Vancouver and the Rockies and the Rocky Mountaineer and that part of Canada, obviously the East Coast as well, but it's a massive, massive country. Yes. So imagine the opportunities in that middle section. What about when you go up north and you can get to all those um, Alaskan-type places? Yeah, right up above the, yes. I guess, the Arctic Circle. Yes. Perhaps we can ask yes. Donna about that um, when, we can. When, when Donna comes in. Um, We're going to be speaking to Donna Campbell, who is Canada personified Correct. if you need to know where to go to travel. Yeah. Can't wait. She knows everything. Can we go to Canada? Let's go. Yes. Next trip. Done. Can't wait. We are proud to be Canadian. We're really very excited to introduce Donna Campbell, who is the Managing Director of Destination Canada. Donna, hello and welcome. Hello and thank you. Now, off you go. Canada, beautiful, amazing, wonderful. You start and tell us what makes it so and where we should be going. You know, Canada is a really diverse country. It's probably one of those very few places in the world where you can go and have a phenomenal experience in all four seasons. 
Um, I think many Australians, well, I know many Australians have gone to Canada for the winter ski experience and they've gone for the summer experience to the main cities of, you know, they'll be in Vancouver, they'll be in Toronto, they'll be in Niagara Falls. They've done the iconic trips. They've done the fabulous Rocky Mountaineer trip. But there is so much more to see and do in Canada. Because you're right, we're all familiar with what you just suggested. And we all know the size of Canada, but we're not necessarily had to go deep into it and get these hidden gems that you're suggesting. Right. So, I mean, I can start on, on the West Coast, which is my hometown, Vancouver Island, um, and the, the province of British Columbia, which has got... I don't think people know, but there's a, probably, I think it's got to be close on 40 years, a wine industry in the Okanagan. So as a British Columbian, we would all go to the Okanagan, which is in the center of British Columbia. And a lot of skiers would know it because that's where Big White and Silver Star and Apex and um, Sun Peaks, it all lives in that, in that, we call it sort of, it's a desert area. But it also is phenomenal opportunities for growing great wine, cider, and they have been growing award-winning wines and wineries in that area for for many 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 years um if you wanted to go on to the 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 west coast we've got uh sensational wildlife viewing products so everything from grizzly bears to spirit bears to going out and seeing the the whales the killer whales the gray whales those kinds of trips so to, where do you go? Sorry to cut across you. Where do you go? To see? You would go to specific bear viewing lodges. So, for example, if you wanted to go to Spirit Bear Lodge. Now, Spirit Bear is a white black bear. And it's in the First Nations area as you're heading up to um, the northern part on the west coast of British Columbia en route. If you were going to keep going, you'd hit Alaska. But in there, you you would um, take a journey. So you would fly and then a boat journey into uh, one of the areas to go and see the spirit bears. And you go out with the locals and the chance of seeing the bears is pretty high. So you would go for probably a three night, four day trip and you would be guaranteed to see spirit bears. Well, not uh, shouldn't say guaranteed. There is no guaranteed in the wildlife. They don't show up just because um, we ask them to show up. Um, but you're pretty um, sure on seeing if you go at the right seasons to see the bears, the grizzly bears, um, the the whales. Of course, we've got a resident pod of whales that live at the northern tip of Vancouver Island. So the wildlife is a pretty phenomenal experience in Canada. If you were to go further across the country, so from British Columbia, across Alberta, Saskatchewan into Manitoba, which is where you'd see the polar bears. And the polar bears, um, the best viewing to, is October and November when they're getting ready to, they're, they're getting ready to jump out onto the ice to, to go fishing before they hibernate for the winter. So they're just generally lurking around the edges of the shores, waiting for the ice to freeze enough that they can jump out onto sort of a floating platform out into the ocean. So to see them in the wild is phenomenal. It would be amazing. So what happens if you keep on going further east? Um, you come to Ontario and Quebec. And Ontario, I think most people are familiar with Niagara Falls. But there's so much more to see and do in and around Ontario and then heading on into Quebec. And the again, Ontario's got phenomenal wine product. They've got all kinds of lodge and, and cottage stays in the area as well. And if you carry on into Quebec, it is the French portion of Canada. 
Um, French and English are both spoken. You've got Montreal, the main city, and Quebec City. And Quebec is an old historic um, national historic site. It's a walled city. So the history in Quebec is phenomenal. They celebrated their 400th birthday a couple of years ago. So there really is old history in Canada. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of the history of Canada, the buildings, the, 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 the stone buildings, the food, the culture in, in Quebec. And because it does get quite chilly in the winter, they are, they've got all kinds of festivals and events and they, they, um, they put on um, music festivals during the summer, um, winter festivals to have you come outside and enjoy and explore the area. They love their winter sports as well. So they're everything from cross-country skiing to, you know, dog sledding to snowmobiling. So there's lots to see and do. And then, of course, the phenomenal French food, the the infused French um, culture into the food in Quebec as well. So and the fashion and yeah, Quebec is really one of those places that um, it, it doesn't have much awareness in the Australian market. It's starting to. We've been working at that for quite some time now. And um, so, yeah, that's one of the things that we're, we're focused on as well. So now, given that we've gone from west to east, yes, that the east coast does sound, the eastern side sounds amazing and we should investigate it more. But, you know, Donna, how do we get around? Ben and I, when we're talking about what we love to do, we really like a road trip and whether it's one that we do ourselves or we go on a coach either suits us but is that something that you'd recommend for Canada or should we get a rail pass what about waterways cruising what's your suggestion oh where do I begin there's there's a number of ways to get around so Rocky Mountaineer of course is the passenger service is the the touring service the uh, package that goes from British Columbia on into Alberta and there's lots of awareness the amazing train with the the glass domes but Via Rail is the national carrier or the national carrier the national rail service in Canada and it goes from the west coast right over to the east coast and it stops all along the way so they've actually got general passenger service uh it'll go from uh, from winnipeg up to the hudson bay area up to churchill where the polar bear viewing is there's a number of train journeys that you can take with via rail so that is another way if one is wanting to take a slower journey across canada and there's a number of packages if you're wanting to that are packaged up including a via rail package as well. But the other thing is that fly and drive. Driving in Canada, it's so easy. Yes, we're on the other side of the road. So is the USA. It's really an easy journey in, in Canada. It's not hard to, to rent a car. It's not hard to get out onto the road. And other than in the cities where there is some congestion, you're really, there's not a lot of congestion and and it's quite easy to drive on the roads in Canada. So I would encourage as many people as we can to to rent cars and do a self-drive because you can then stop when something tickles your fancy. You can stop and get out and have an adventure. Um, and then the other thing to remember that Canada is quite large. So to get from the west to the east, it's sometimes easier to fly from your key cities if you're wanting, if you don't have an awful lot of time to um, go from the west coast to the east coast or then over to the Atlantic coast as well, which I just love over on in Atlantic Canada. Um, And of course, then renting a car in those areas and exploring on your own. So 
when we've done all that, uh, gosh, you, you, yeah. all, you, you know, you make us want to just get out of our seats <laughs> and go right this second. Your hidden gems, Donna. What are my hidden gems? Well, I there's glamping. So glamping ah, is getting good. out. Yes. Tell us about glamping. Yes, glamping. Glamping is um, glamorous tenting. And so you might find yourself at the um, the the an estuary where um, all the water comes down and goes into the ocean. And dotted along the estuary, there would be these beautiful canvas tents. And inside the canvas tents, of course, there's you know, queen-size beds with duvets, with um, echo-friendly toilets out the back. And you would wander down a walkway to sort of a, a common area where there's a, 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 a for be- lack of a better term, a restaurant, um, lounge areas, all made out of phenomenal tents as well. There's a lot of really unique luxury lodges or experiences in Canada and we call them luxury or legendary because sometimes you're in areas where for example if you're going um, out polar bear viewing you might be staying in a legendary style of accommodation to have this phenomenal luxurious experience so but then on the flip side of that there are sensational lodges that are at the top of their game when it comes to the luxury elements of what you can have and you know they're everything from you know being on top of the canadian rocky mountains with cmh that do heli skiing in the winter and then they turn their lodges into heli hiking in the summertime so that's that's that'd be a wonderful thing wouldn't it yeah Exactly, exactly, yeah. Which brings so, me to something else while you're talking about heli skiing um, and uh, um, heli hiking. A country for all ages. So just a, a quick snapshot of what, what is a great thing to do if you're in your 20s and 30s and, and up until you're in your 90s. What would you do if you were visiting age-wise? Age-wise, the cities, if I was in the younger millennial demographic, I would be going for the festivals. There's great music festivals that are on pretty much all through the summer, spring, summer, and into the early fall. And those are in your cap cities. So that's in your Vancouver, your Calgary's, your Toronto's, your Montreal's. And the food, because Canada has a number of diverse cultures in within Canada the food scene is off the dial it really is great so and I know that the younger generation and every generation for that matter really do enjoy the food there um, if I was sort of in the 40 to 50s range there really isn't an age limit on the experiences that you can have. Um, I find there really is the, the younger generation that, that might want, you know, that really steep and deep skiing. But then the skiing is also there for if you're an older generation as well. So you might not want to do the steep and deep. You could do more uh, blue runs, for example, or there might be more thrilling you know, heli heli skiing that the younger generation want to do that the older generation may not want to do. So get out, get out, Donna. I was skiing at Silver Star with a woman who was seventy four, and she had to ski alone because she couldn't find anyone to do the double black runs with her. <laughs> yes. it's, see, yes. see what I say? Everybody out there, right there. There is no age on wonderful experiences. I think that you know food. Food is a really important um, to the Canadians, and they've taken they they've taken their their food scene to a whole new level. 
you know, we were organic and 100 mile diet. We were way cool before anybody else was. It was even a thing to be cool about. So, yeah, there's lots and lots going on. Go into the food a little bit more with us. Well, everything from, of course, you know, we're on the West Coast and we're on the East Coast. So we've got phenomenal seafoods um, and organic and being mindful of the environment and food and eating very healthily. So the 100-mile diet came out years and years ago in the in Vancouver. And that was that you would only eat what was grown within 100 miles of your home. Oh. And... So that meant that, you know, bees were put on, beehives were put on the top of hotel, like Fairmont in Vancouver have got beehives on the top of their hotel rooms. The top of the convention center in Vancouver will ha- has herb gardens. Hotels have herb gardens. There, there really is an interesting, dynamic, delicious food scene going on in Canada. And that's just not in on the West Coast. It really is all the way across. I was just in, in Atlantic Canada in Newfoundland and would sit down uh, to lunch at my favorite restaurant in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I would go in and I would have this halibut fresh vegetable soup. So whatever fresh vegetables there were um, and the fresh fish into this you know, bully base. And it was served up with a some local fresh bread that had been made that morning and you know ten dollars and i'm in and out and so it's really not and it is one of the top restaurants in st john's so it's you just have to to dig around a bit and not dig that hard to find phenomenal food in every city from one side from one coast to the other go a little french for a minute what about those you go those influences yes the French food, everything from the, the tortier to um, the maple syrup, of course. Have we all tried maple syrup in our lifetime? Yes, we have. Uh, that does come out of the Quebec area. So, it, it, you know, if you actually go and they watch what they're doing, they tap the trees. It's like putting on um, a tap. It physically is a tap and you turn it on and it drops into a bucket. The, the maple syrup drops into a bucket. And they go off and they distill it down to probably one 100 drops gives you one drop of maple syrup. And so it's a very lengthy process. And then that is, is infused in a lot of the food that you will find in, in Quebec as well. So, um, yeah, there's just there really is so much to see and do in Canada. I'm a little worried about those bees at the top of the hotel. They don't get in your knickers, do they, when you're not looking, <laughs> do you, Donna? All those bees around the place. Oh, I certainly hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about what about the drinks? What what are we drinking? What are we drinking? What aren't we drinking? First of all, you're probably drinking. There's local um, made beer, of course, um, and you can actually go on a thing called an ale trail, and it's in the west coast in British Columbia, and you can go on this little journey and follow along from pub to pub, trying all the local beers. Uh, the wine, as I mentioned earlier, is really a growing scene, and it, there it's in British Columbia and in Ontario are the two predominantly the largest areas where they're growing their own. Uh, grapes and making their own wines and my favorite I'm a gin connoisseur and the best gin in my world in my estimation comes out of Victoria um, uh, out of the Victoria distillery and it's uh, it's called Victoria Gin and they make a a specific one called the Empress Gin uh, which has got a hint of um, uh, darkness to it Um, but yeah the 
everything from spirits to wine to beer, it's all produced locally. Tell us where we can go to find out the information on everything that you've suggested. Are there a couple of major websites? Is Destination Canada one? What should people do? Yeah, they should absolutely go to Destination Canada's website, which is www.explorecanada.com.au. Marvellous woman, is there anybody in Canada who knows more about it than you, ma'am? I bet not. (laughs) (laughs) Up for the challenge. Thank you very much, Donna Campbell. Been a joy to speak to you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Listeners. You are going to absolutely love our next guest, Anita Stewart. She's an amazing Canadian foodie who has spent decades working across agriculture, education and culinary tourism in Canada. In fact, she's probably the Canadian food princess of that (laughs) entire country. Welcome, Anita. I don't know whether I'm a princess any longer. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you have become that person and how you sort of represent Canadian food more than anybody else probably. um, Well, I I think sometimes you're just sort of back into a career, but um, I started writing in the early 1980s and exploring the farmer's markets of uh, of our province of Ontario and then just sort of branched out into country inns and traveled the country and wrote you know, a number of books on country inns. And then I started to realize that there was just so much potential out here. And people ask me to define Canadian food, and I say, well, it's possibilities, because that's what it is. We are a huge country, you know, almost 10 million square kilometers. And, um, you know, when, you know, three oceans, uh, 240-some kilometers of coastline alone and it was nine Italy's will fit into my province so you know it's it's a a massive undertaking but every time I get really excited about it because I find really cool ingredients from uh, you know from uh, the the tiniest little things like caviar now and beautiful caviar both coasts and really lovely sea salts and fabulous oysters um, to the larger uh, ingredients uh, like lentils which were the world's largest contributor to um, the lentil scene and well basically we produce the most on earth so it's it's been really really uh, very gratifying and also too I'm meeting some pretty cool researchers and some really really amazing chefs so then, Anita, where, wherever you are in Canada, describe some of the dishes, what's on your plate when you eat on the West Coast, when maybe you eat in the centre of Canada, and then when you're on the East Coast. Well, on the East Coast, again, we have a tremendous amount of shellfish. And, the, and well, one of the things that I'm going to be doing in October um, is going doing a circumnavigation of Newfoundland. And if you want a historic region, where the food, food traditions are extraordinarily... Um, compact and interesting as far as I'm concerned anyway, that's where to go. Um, I'll be on board and we'll be doing, we'll be eating seal, we'll be eating, uh, of course, all the seafood lust. You know, they're, they're bottling moose right now for the trip. It's a, it's a, a Adventure Canada is the, is the operation, is the uh, cruise ship line that is operating this. And they, this is the first um, voyage that they're doing a full-on taste of place for the entire 10 days that we're circumnavigating the province. So what we're doing is stopping in at the place uh, on the north shore of the islands that has more root cellars than any other place in North America. And root cellars, uh, I don't know whether you have them in Australia, 
but they are where you store food in the wintertime, like oh. potatoes and carrots and turnips and parsnips and, uh, and onions. Um, and then we'll be, again, eating moose and seal meat and uh, cod and lobster and scallops and then doing rum tastings and that sort of thing in, in conjunction with the whole notion that this is a food life. We'll be picking berries on shore. They, they, uh, they go in sh- on, on shore with, uh, with um, zodiacs. And uh, so we'll be picking berries and taking them back to the ship and so forth. So it's really a pretty extraordinary experience. But that's the sort of thing that you have to go and actually taste. Here in Ontario, right now it's peach season. Mm -hmm. So we have the best, most extraordinary peaches and tomatoes. Now, I have to say... I have had better tomatoes in Adelaide. <laughs> My professor Barbara Santich, who is down, who is uh, has a, a, always has perfect tomatoes in the summertime. There, uh, they they are really excellent. But in any event, our tomatoes are pretty good here too. Um, you know, it's the produce that we have at this time of year is extraordinary. And then again, you sort of go west, and you'll find. Um, well, the harvest is in everywhere, so it depends entirely where you are, but you'll be finding wild game in some places, mm. but you'll be finding local uh, freshwater fishes and um, corn, 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 <laughs> corn everywhere. <laughs> One of the things we like on the show, Anita, is to ask you, are there some simple beautiful Canadian recipes that we can actually cook at home. Something that's not complicated, but actually delivers all those glorious oh, yeah. tastes. Off you go. Yeah, Give absolutely. us your recipe. Well, I've got, I, I would happily send you along a couple. One of the ones that I loved a lot uh, was came from my early days of my traveling, actually called Pudding Chumur, and it's a maple syrup-based um, uh, sticky pudding that wow. is just great. <laughs> it's really, really good. <laughs> but now, how do you get maple syrup down there? You might have to. You might have to stretch it. But then there's other things that, like a beautiful salmon that's miso, miso smeared with miso and a bit of black pepper and barbecued. I mean, you're experts on barbecuing, so I don't have to tell you how to do that. No, but, just go uh, back to you. you know, the, Go back to your pudding just for, <laughs> go back to your pudding just for a minute. You slid across that one. Maple syrup is in abundance down here. We can get it. So basically, what are you doing with your pudding? Oh well, it's just it's just really a, a nice batter that you pour over top. Well, you put it into a bowl. You bake it. It's baked, but you pour um, a, a mixture of boiling maple syrup and water and a bit of vanilla over top of it, and then of course the crust rises to the top. And um, and when you take it out of the oven, there's the nice sugary coating on the top, and you break. I sometimes invert it on a platter because it's really nice doing that. And then you can garnish it with whipped cream and berries or something. But and your sauce is underneath. You sort of, otherwise, yes, otherwise, you just put your spoon in and, <laughs> and, and spoon it out to your friends. And, you know, a little bit of heavy cream is always really nice too because cream's a food group, I think. Hey, Anita, reading your bio, it sounds like you've been to absolutely every corner just about of Canada. Are there one or two places that are, you know, particularly extraordinary or real surprise packets, things, places perhaps we wouldn't know about yet down in Australia? Well, I, I started to tell you about the region on the west coast of Canada. I think that that's because Australians are great. You're such great travellers. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that I, I love. As our Canadians, uh, about I would the say. Aussie spirit. It's really terrific um, because we see a lot of Australians here. 
Um, but I, I'd love to say, again, the West Coast, the central part of uh, British Columbia. But if you're going to go, and if you want a meal, for instance, you have to go to a place called Fireworks, and it's in Prince Edward Island. Um, Michael, Chef Michael Smith, is he's known around the world, uh, but he's uh, bought the Inn at Bay Fortune, and he has this huge uh, outdoor uh fire cooking facility that would even make an Australian envious. They're making their own charcoal to that extent. Hmm. They've got a, what they call a fire altar and they're doing Wagyu beef and Wagyu beef hard over top of the, you know, over top of these coals. They're doing beautiful oysters and arguably the best oysters in Canada come from just down the road from where he has this restaurant. It's magnificent. At the same time, then there are lobster suppers all around that area. Uh, where you can go and again, it's like church suppers where you can really enjoy enjoy the sort of the personal touch of the people of that area. They're very hospitable, and there are beaches that again, I think you might you might envy. Um, <laughs> there are about fifty beaches there, and, and we don't have any sharks. So it's pretty. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's cold water, though. I can tell you. <laughs> now, what we like to do here on Taste Bud Traveller and Eater is ask people about a moment. We talk about the moments that you have in travel when you see something spectacular that takes your breath away, or you're experiencing something. What would you think would be your food moment? In Canada, I think the one that I loved the most, and that it, it resonates, and it's resonated for years, was when I was on uh, a little island called Cortez Island on the west coast. And my son is a salmon fishing guide, so Mark caught some salmon, and I made a huckleberry crisp, and we we barbecued the salmon uh, over an open fire, and uh, you know it was you know it's just a, a perfect moment. We had a lovely little Pinot Gris from, or no, Pinot, you know, it was a Pinot Gris from the Okanagan that we were drinking with that. And uh, to me, that doesn't get much better. Wow. Wow. So just to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, um, I'm a bit of a fan of sort of agricultural fairs and things like the Calgary Stampede, and that's way up on my bucket list. Do you, is there some have kind you of been? no, not yet? Is, do you have oh. some kind of guilty, oh. guilty foodie thing that you track down when you're at those fairs? And hopefully, is it on a stick? I love food on a stick. So, <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for well, us? Well, this one wasn't on a stick. It was yesterday, and right now, where there's a, a, a music festival going on in my village, and it's like I can hear it out of my other ear. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I had something they call it Indian taco, and actually, it's a, sort of a, a, a dumb name, but basically, it's uh, because it has, doesn't have anything to do with First Nations, particularly, uh-huh. although they, they, you know, that's where it eventually began in the powwows. But yeah, it was a deep-fried piece of bannock that they uh, they smeared. Oh, with they put a beautiful vegetarian you know, beans and corn and tomato chili over top of it, and topped it with salad and. And, and a whole bunch of sour cream and a bunch of go. hot peppers. Now you're talking. And like, that, now you're talking. <laughs> but, like, I'm telling you, I don't like deep-fried Mars bars. Things like that just <laughs> gross me right out. But mm. this stuff was good. It was really good. It was awesome. lots of flavor. I could have eaten a couple of them, actually. Terrific. Um, Anita, thank you mm. enormously for that. You know, and princess maybe, but certainly... Queen Absolutely. of yeah. Food Day Canada, <laughs> which you are behind. I've been called a disruptor. I'm a disruptor. <laughs> where, can, where can people find you online, Anita? Uh, uh, 
really basically what I do is fooddaycanada.ca. It's the, it's the first, the only national food holiday that we have in the nation. And, and in fact, it's the only food day that's celebrated anywhere on earth. And that's something that I I started 16 years ago, and um, it's uh, this year we illuminated 25 locations, including Niagara Falls, um, in praise of the farmers and the fishers and the home cooks and the chefs of Canada. So it was pretty it was pretty awesome. But that's where I, and, and if they want to come with me on Adventure Canada, I'm going on that trip in October. I was going to ask if there are any spots left on there. <laughs> I don't know whether there are or not, actually, tell you the truth, but I know it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. (laughs) We think we might see if we can (laughs) snag a ticket, Ben. Bring your wellies. I'm down. Bring your wellies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's our great pleasure to be talking to Paul Diamond from Selector Magazine, from Wine Selectors again about everything fabulous in Canada. Hello, Paul. Hello, Julia. How are uh, you? Hey, Paul. How are you doing? Great to have you back. Good to see you again, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely to be here with you both. Yeah. Off you go. Tell us about wine in Canada. Well, I've got a confession to make. I'm, I was actually born in Canada. Oh, um, oh. Is that a confession? Yeah. Well, well um, if my parents are listening, they would say, why wouldn't you mention that? Nothing to um, be ashamed of, mate. No, nothing at all. <laughs> but I, I, we, we left when I was quite young and I actually haven't been back. Um, hmm. It is on the cards um, and, you know, we, you know, we've commissioned lots and lots of travel stories about Canada, so we know, you know, a fair bit about Canadian wine and as a, as a region, um, I guess, coming outside of the, you know, from underneath the sort of the, the shadow of America, mm-hmm. um, it's quite exciting. Um, wine itself, you know, because of how cold Canada is, is really comes from three regions on the east coast and one region on the west coast. So on the east coast, you've got Ontario, which is where I'm from, Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia and Quebec. And on the west side, you've got BC. Um, and BC is a beautiful place, um, beautifully picturesque, and it's becoming quite popular with international travellers because of the amount of food festivals. Mm. Um, and wine is just coming along with that. Um, so it's wonderful to see this emerging, developing exciting country for Yes, we did hear about Food Day in Canada, Mm, mm. which is just enormous and fabulous. I think it's the only one in the world, isn't that what we... I think the only official national food day the Canadians have. It's funny because we we feel like we're quite aware of American wines, Californian Mm. wines in particular, and have quite a good understanding of what they're like. I don't think I've ever had a Canadian wine. Have you, Julie? No, I don't think so. No. What should we expect? um, Well, look, there's not a lot of it made. I mean, it's because of the the variables in temperature uh, and climate, you don't see a lot of it. I I don't actually think that I've seen a Canadian wine outside of America. So not not exported at all, that you would know of. I don't think you'd see one here. I certainly haven't seen one in Europe. Um, But um, having said that, you know, the broad spectrum of varieties that we produce are, are available there. Um, so Chardonnay, Shiraz, um, Cabernet, you'll certainly see all those. One of the, the wines that put them on the mat was their ice wines. They've got the ability to make beautiful um, ice wines, just like Germany. Can you um, tell us about those again, what the ice wines are? So ice wines are, are wines that um, are made when the grape freezes. And oh, right. It, and it takes a particular set of circumstances for that to happen. So it's generally at night. Um, the grapes have to be ripe enough, so they can't just have grown and, and, and just freeze. They have to be ripe enough and then freeze. And then what they do is they, they press and ferment them just as they're coming off freezing. So 
Um, you can imagine fermentation happens in, in warm temperatures. It's freezing soup, but you, you capture all of these really crazy flavours. Mm. So highly concentrated, um, really interesting acid profiles, uh, and those wines last for decades. Oh, right. So they're really quite a special thing. Um, in so given general, that you have to have all those things sort of line up, mm, do they some seasons they don't produce a, yeah, totally. a vintage? I mean, or? Sometimes it just, uh, the weather does, doesn't cooperate yeah, right. and that's it. Red or white for Canada, Paul? Oh, look, I mean, the, 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 the lighter reds are, uh, are the ones that are gaining more attention than the heavier reds, but there so are some... Pinot Noirs and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, Pinot Noirs, um, you know, wines like Grenache and Beaujolais-style wines like Gamay, you will certainly see, but uh, white wines really excel there. Aromatic white wines, Riesling, um, uh, Gewürz, Tramina, Sauvignon Blanc, um, but you'll also see fantastic Chardonnays as well. So, um, yeah, there's so much to to get stuck into. Yeah, so we were talking to a, a Canadian foodie who um, described, I think, something that's reasonably familiar and there's a lot of, um, I get a sense there's a lot of game uh, meat sort of mm. appearing on menus and becoming a bit more common. So any thoughts on if we were sitting down to something particularly gamey in Canada, what would we uh, wash that down with? Uh, look, um, light red wines always go well with game flavours. Um, you know, if you can, you know, Get a Canadian Cabernet or a Shiraz. Um, try those. Those sort of spicy type wines are always work very, very well. If you can't, just something like red or, or something with a bit of body in terms of white, like a bigger Chardonnay would work. And um, if in doubt, ask the chef probably. If in doubt, ask mm. for ask for guidance. Mm. Yes, but he hasn't asked you the critical question. She mentioned eating seal, <laughs> oh. sea urchins and sea cucumbers. Off you go, Paul. Can I take the Fifth Amendment on the seal? Does that, they allow that? You can let the seal go. I'll let the seal go. Um, look, seafood, sea urchins, um, heavily umami-orientated yeah. um, foods, lighter-style whites, um, Riesling, Gewürztraminer, um, aromatic whites will go perfectly with that. You, you want wines that aren't going to um, overshadow any of those delicate, fine flavours because then you lose the whole point of them. What's our dinner of choice? I'd give... The maple syrup mousse ago, Julia. Maple syrup mousse. <laughs> yeah. wow. Maple syrup glaze mousse. Yeah. Maple syrup mousse. Uh, <laughs> I would, I, again, I would go back to the light red. I think that you can't win. I mean, they're, they're, they're gamey flavours. You don't want stuff that's too big or tannic. You don't want to overpower away. the mousse, Julia. And yeah. you better go yeah. back to Canada sometime soon too. Absolutely. Amen. And visit the hometown. I will. I'll be in trouble if I don't. Paul, thank you. My pleasure. Good to speak to you as ever. Thanks, Paul. Julia. Amazing journey around Canada. Um, and you know how I said to you at the very beginning, I think I just want to hug a grizzly. Yes. Even more. Even more so now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't mind what colour, standing up, you're not doing whatever. The grizzly's not my new go-to place. All I'd say is just choose your grizzly very carefully, Julia. I will do, but we have to go to Canada then. Yeah, we do. Let's go. Yep. And then we'll see each other next week. <laughs>